0: The Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I am Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, we're a week out from Christmas. Do you have everything in order? You okay? Ready to go?
1: Yeah. You know, feeling prepared for the holiday season. Uh, most gifts have been bought. Good. Got the first Christmas this weekend, you know, spending some, oh, wow. some time uh, with extended family, an extended family Christmas about a week before Christmas. So those are always fun, you know, get to dive into Christmas early compared to most people. But,
0: you know, I'm prepared. I'm, I got a Christmas, um an in-law Christmas on uh, New Year's Eve. Okay. So I don't know how the Michigan game will be on. There's that understanding, that level of respect, right. but you know I don't, logistically, I don't know like are we gonna be opening presents in the second quarter? like <laughs> hopefully the, that's gonna make me uh, on edge.
1: Hopefully the you know the the Christmas dinner or New Year's Eve dinner in, in your case or the you know the presents, hopefully that kind of passes you know, maybe during the pregame, you know the pregame analysis, the recap of the first game of the day. You know. And then when game time comes, hopefully it's just family bonding time where you can keep your eyes glued to the TV.
0: Still got some stuff to work out. Uh, a couple weeks to go still, but we're going to talk about Michigan basketball. Um, the success of football has made this slide farther and farther into the season than I think either of us anticipated, and definitely, I, I think this is the latest we've like actually. C- basically pivoted to basketball, maybe in, in years, right? I don't know how long we've been doing this in one form or another, but I think uh, at this point, like, we are comfortably into basketball season, but not so much this year. Before we get into that, though, today was also National Signing Day, of course. This is uh, Wednesday, December 15th in the evening, so things are pretty much wrapped up. If you're interested, Derek, I can offer you some top-level insider knowledge about what all of these uh, recruits who signed today are going to bring to the table if you're interested
1: i am very interested i i've been waiting for this all day
0: okay okay well let's start uh at the safety position okay you got some absolute ball hawks out there all of them just ball hawks it's like air traffic controllers out there but they can all come down and play the run too they're very physical they can get in the trenches, compete with the big boys. It's really a sight to behold. Uh, the offensive linemen—they can move people, but they gotta grow into their bodies, man. You know, we're talking about 17, 18-year-olds at this point. They haven't gotten into that college nutrition program. They've got some room to grow. But if they can, look out. There's some big uglies up there who can—who can move some people, no doubt. Running backs—I'll tell you, Derek, I'm looking at the board up and down. <laughs> And and I see a bunch of guys, with with an insane combination of uh, uh, speed and size. These are guys who can run through you, they can run around you, they can run over you if they want to. Hell, they can dig a tunnel and run under you. I don't know. These these guys are in, insane athletes, okay. And then finally, um, I'll go I'll go with the with the quarterback position. I see a bunch of guys with with the little things you look for in a quarterback. You know, they they make the smart plays. Uh, Not a whole lot of flash out there, but just a bunch of heady players, man. High football IQ guys out there. And so that's my analysis of the 2022 class here on National Signing Day. It's the early signing period, so we'll get to do this again, uh, not too far into the future. But uh, I think that's... The kind of analysis that you come to expect, right?
1: I, I think that analysis alone gets me to spring ball, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I know guys are, are enrolling early. You're going to hit the classrooms as well. You know, you're excited about their playmaking, Billy. I'm excited about what they can do in the classroom, personally. Oh, yeah, you you know, know, that's a something bunch that of, of stand-up guys, you know, who who uh, you know do things in the community and and, and excel in their classes. And, and mm-hmm. for me, you know, I, I think those two things, and especially your analysis. Will carry me through the winter. Uh, and, Lots of and, guys. in this transition to basketball.
0: <laughs> Lots of guys who, who are the first ones to show up to practice and the last to leave. Oh, yeah. And, and working out, out after practice, too. Working out after practice. Yeah. yeah. Getting two practices in. I've heard of some guys showing up to school at 4.30. Mm. And they don't even practice in the morning. Yeah, they just show up and get some reps in.
1: Ozry and there's guys, you know, knocking on the doors, hoping to get into the dorms early. You know, can't go until January, <laughs> but they're lined up. You know, they're they're tenting out and they uh, camping out in their tents, and you know, they're ready to, to get rolling.
0: Yeah, in all seriousness, um, obviously, <laughs> that's not a very real analysis, but it's it's always fun to make fun of the uh, the the content creators out there who you know have. Hundreds, literally hundreds of of like 17, 16, 17, and 18 year olds to talk about, and if, if you just run out of things to say about kids who play football, eventually you just start yeah. saying the elite. Most generic stuff. Oh my God, elite. I I haven't seen that one float around.
1: I was, you know, I think I say this. I think culture is important, but I think culture is also turning into. What elite was for for you, you know, a few years Interesting. ago? Interesting. I'll have think, to pay attention. I think culture is getting thrown around, just like an elite player, or elite coach, you know, elite elite game. You know, I, I think elite <laughs> was getting thrown around four years ago. Now it's culture.
0: And we moved on to, to culture. Cool, you yeah, know, whatever. I, if I I I'll I'll give it a little bit. See if I actually notice it hopping around out there like I did with uh, elite. But you know, really, we came here to talk about Michigan basketball. Six and four. Uh, not the start to the season that I think uh, pretty much anybody expected. Um, I have my ideas about, you know, what has gone wrong and, you know, what perhaps Michigan can do to to right the ship here. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm curious from your perspective, like when you watch this team, what is it that's going wrong? And I guess the big question is, like, is it – Fixable, or do you see just things that are too deeply embedded uh, into the team at this point that you're like, it is what it is, and Michigan's just got to, you know, kind of learn to work with what they have.
1: Yeah, I think the the first thing is it's fixable, and I think you'll see better basketball. And at times and flashes, we've seen good basketball. But you know, the Big Ten is is as good, if not multiple teams better, than any team Michigan faced in their non-conference schedule. And they had some, you know, they had some big matchups. You know, They played at North Carolina, tough environment. UNLV was a good team they beat. They got hammered by Arizona. Um, you know, there's games that a uh, lost to Seton Hall, which was close against a good Seton Hall team. Um, you know, good teams uh, were played in, in November and, and even in December. But, you know, the Big Ten is the best of the best. Uh, and, and consistently lately in college basketball, if it's not the best conference, it's got some of the best teams. Uh, in the nation, you know, no matter how they end up playing in the tournament time, you know, because they usually beat up on each other all all January and February, you know, the, the Big Ten is brutal. Uh, and so I think things are fixable, but, you know, you, you don't have a lot of time to fix things. You know, if you're losing to Minnesota, like Michigan just lost to Minnesota, that's not, you know, not a great sign. Uh, you know, you, you win at Nebraska comfortably, you know, you score over 100 points, uh, yeah. and then your, your, you know, your first home game, uh, in the Big Ten, you lose uh, to to a team you shouldn't be losing to, uh, and that happens in the Big Ten. Uh, you don't want to see it happen, you know, too early or too often. But you know, Michigan's got some growing to do, I would say, to to overcome, uh, you know, the the four losses they've already seen, uh, and some of the just the terrible play, or at least stretches of play, uh, that we've seen with turnovers or the inability to make baskets. Uh, it's it's rough, you know. It feels like a, a different level of basketball compared to last year, uh, with a team that's full of high level level players. So there's not not really a lot of uh, sense being made of what's happening. But hopefully, coming out of you know, uh, you had a game this weekend against Southern Utah, uh, another one next week, uh, and then two more next week: uh, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and uh, Central Florida, uh, UCF. But yeah, you know, those should be winnable games. Shouldn't be any problem. Michigan should come out of it. Uh, out of the year with nine wins, but you get right back into the thick of it early January, and a lot of question marks need to be answered uh, very quickly.
0: When you look at the issues that Michigan has had, things like turnovers, generally generally looking uh, disorganized on offense and defense, uh, getting scattered. Some of the like I think about you know Seton Hall. I don't. It, I don't remember a a Michigan possession that just looked like normal. Like everything, it just looked like moving a hundred miles an hour, and you're constantly needing somebody to to make a play. It starts with point guard play, I think. When you consider all the things that that look off, um, I think if you can address the point guard situation, then. You know, that's the thing that's going to go the furthest in addressing all of these other problems you have. Devontae Jones, I mean, just, it just hasn't been there, you know? And I, I, I'm I not somebody who's going to say this is a, a failed situation, but it clearly just hasn't been there. Frankie Collins is, you know, he's had good stretches, but he's also, you know, he just had some freshman moments, like you'd expect. Yeah, um, he's good around the rim. I like that. Uh, he's not really an upgrade at this point at, at shooting uh, as opposed to Devontae Jones. The thing about, and I th- we were texting about this, I think, the thing about Devontae Jones is, is, you know, Michigan has proven under Juwan Howard, they can win games and be a really good team without a dynamic scoring point guard because they did it with Xavier Simpson who was good enough behind the arc to kind of make you respect it and you knew it was there. But the things he did with the ball in his hands, especially in the pick and roll, uh, the things he did on defense, more than made up for that. And, like, there was never a doubt that that was Xavier Simpson's team. I don't get that feeling at all with Devontae Jones. I don't get it with Frankie Collins. But I think if Michigan can find something there, if they can get steadier point guard play is so somebody to like go out there and keep things organized and under control. If they can find that, I think that's the thing that goes the furthest in getting this team back on track. So I don't think it's it's lost. I don't think it's a lost cause at all. I just think, you know, Michigan desperately needs an answer right now in point guard and until they get it, I don't see any of these issues really going away.
1: Yeah, I and mean, we won't pick out names, you know, for former teams, especially football, but it feels like a Michigan football team without an answer at quarterback. You know, it's like the same, it's the same feeling of you've got players, you know, but no one to get them to rock. You know, there's no one to run the offense, uh, no one to make the, you know, the, the plays that a quarterback or a point guard makes. And I think with, you know, I mean, just the blessings on blessings of point guards in the past, Michigan basketball, you know, dating all the way back to, you know, even before Darius Morris, but I'll start there. Um, you know you have guys like Trey Burt come through you have Derek Walton you know someone a lot of people's favorite player a guy who just blossomed over his four years Xavier Simpson who blossomed over his career Uh, Mike Smith last year who kind of came in and was instant impact and you could you could see the electric difference and and we haven't seen that from Devontae Jones and then you know like many freshman point guards take some time uh, you know running running a big program with as many stars as, as Michigan has you know you have to have a a true ball distributor, uh, to get guys like, you know, this possessions where Hunter Dickinson doesn't touch the ball. I think sometimes, you know, the scheme's not working in his favor. And then I think other times they just can't get it to him because defenders are making plays and and facilitators aren't able to to facilitate. And so I think it starts at point guard, but there's a lot of other things, some inconsistent play by, you know, name any player on the team at this point. Uh, When things are clicking and the team is, you know, making baskets, which you could, you know, say is, is the biggest issue you make more baskets you win um, when, when shots are starting to fall uh, guys are getting in their rhythms and and you can see you know the ball really just fly around uh, and the passing games crisp Michigan looks like a team that anybody's gonna have trouble beating but when any of those elements are not working or they get the turnover bug you know Michigan looks like they could get beat by just about anybody and I, and I think that it's scary to have that big of a range uh, and hopefully you know turn of the new year uh, as they continue to play Big teams in the Big Ten they'll they'll do more good than bad because if they if they can't figure that out you know you're you're aching to even make the tournament uh, if you can't turn it around you know you're six and four if you keep that pace up you're you know you're you're relying on the conference tournament to to play for a spot in the NCAA
0: yeah Like speaking of you know you could get beat by just about anybody with some of the issues they've had like this is a team that won by eleven points against Tarleton State you know. Right. And I like that's a game. If I recall right, you weren't able to watch live, were you?
1: No, I was not. It was. It wasn't a tune-out game. You know, I don't I don't really consider it well, any Michigan sh- basketball. Well, yeah, sure. Or, but sure. it was one of those games, similar to an NGIT back in the day. I was in Chicago. Oh, you know, I couldn't really watch the game. Felt like I didn't even need to look at my phone. It was kind of that. You know, I was busy doing my own thing. Looked at the phone a couple of times. Oh, you know, slow start, and then I thought, oh my goodness! I ended up joining that game late. I texted you. Yep, watched that game, the end of that game, and thought, my goodness, like that is, that's not good, you know. But that's that's a good example. And and they played they played uh, what Gonzaga tough. A couple of weeks later,
0: Tarleton. Okay, we had a whole, a whole post show fascination with Tarleton State. This team has booked more miles, I would say than probably Hawaii's basketball team will this season. Oh yeah. And, and just the first third of the season, they went to Michigan. They went to Gonzaga. Like they were just going all over the place. And it's not like they were playing middle of the road teams. Like they were packing the schedule. And so, yeah, they almost did beat Gonzaga. They almost did beat Michigan. This is a team, Derek, as you'll recall, when I looked them up on Google, like what the heck is a Tarleton had no logo Google (laughs) did not think Tarleton State was worthy of a logo most of the roster did not have pictures by the names and some of the pictures were like them as eighth graders (laughs) I know this isn't about Tarleton State but that 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 was just, I love that Michigan played Tarleton State because I love that I got to learn all these things about that school uh, from Texas, by the way. Okay, Derek, uh, we'll get back to Michigan. The reality of the situation, and I wonder if this uh, is something that you think about because I haven't thought about it in these terms until I saw somebody point it out. And I was like, okay, you know what? This whole thing maybe, maybe makes a little bit more sense. This is a team that lost two wings to the NBA, Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers. Uh, they lost a gem of a point guard transfer, Mike Smith, we've talked about. And then two really, really good backups, uh, Shondi Brown and Austin Davis, like two anchors coming off of the bench. And so then when you look at it that way, I wonder, like, do you even have a right to be surprised, you know, that things uh, are off to a bit of a slow start here, considering everything Michigan lost?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I don't want to put him in the same category as Michigan football preseason where people were counting them out. Because you have you know some awfully good players returning, and Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks, you know even Brandon Johns. If you look at tournament Brandon Johns, you have you know you know the first I think it turned into the second uh, best recruiting class in the nation. Uh, which by the way, you know you see Memphis is having a lot of trouble too. So you know top elite talent doesn't always mean uh, success on the basketball court. It's and
0: that it, blue court, I it, guarantee. It's it. gotta be
1: that. I mean they have. I don't own- know how
0: Memphis fans
1: exist they have their own issues uh, down in Memphis with that court. But yeah, you know, they're, eye surgery. they're struggling. And I don't think we should be surprised. I think there was going to be an element to this um, whenever you're a top five team in the nation or, you know, college basketball rankings have never met anything, you know, and, and, you know, it's always a, you know, like this year, 21, 22 season, the 21 rankings don't matter. Uh, it's the 22 rankings that start to matter towards the end, you know, positioning in the tournament, um, you know, positioning in the, in the conference tournament, you know, are you going to get a bye? Um, those are the things that matter for college basketball. But it does matter that you're getting beat bad. And I think, you know, like I said, there's a lot of growing pains. And, and I think Michigan's learning a lot. But, you know, you can only learn for so long. You know, when January comes around, you have to start, you know, turning uh, those lessons into, into wins when you can. Uh, and obviously you're going to have nights where the, the the rocks not going through the hoop But you know the turnovers if you can't find a way to limit turnovers if You can't find the way to you know, I get the 50 50 balls if you can't stay out of foul trouble, you know You're just getting in your own way and I think Michigan will get better uh, I think we're disappointed at, as disappointed as we can be at this point of the season Obviously, it could be worse. I don't think we'd expect it to be worse um, but now we you know by way of how they've performed. It's kind of set the tone. I think expectations have dropped a little bit. Um, So hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised with maybe a tear they go on in January or February that can kind of give us some hope that, you know, this is a team that could do some damage in the NCAA tournament.
0: Hey, the good news, no matter what, is I'm looking at the schedule and Michigan uh, is going to go until January 11th. That's a home game against Purdue, but they're going to go until January 11th without a uh, later than 7 p.m. tip. So no more 10:15. you're ready to go to bed, just holding your eyes open, watching Michigan go down by 15 points, and you're like, God, this is hopeless, but I feel like I have to watch still. You're not going to have to do that until at least January 11th. Does that give you any kind of solace?
1: yeah i think the problem is is you seem like you're doing that a lot after january 11th and and if the season uh, you turns, are yeah if the season doesn't turn around uh i'm looking at you know some of these yeah there's a you know there's a against nebraska at home you don't want to go to bed at 11 15 and
0: Holy after crap, a man. loss
1: to, to nebraska you know at penn state 9 p.m and that's not taking anyway anything away from teams that could win any game in the big 10 but still you know those are the games where you stay up extra late. You're like, "Wow, they went to state college and lost to Penn State by 20. That's what I said. <laughs> and up I gotta before? go to
0: work tomorrow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not what I was looking forward to.
0: <laughs> I want to know why the game at Indiana on January twenty third, at least on the ESPN schedule, is the only to be determined tip. I see that on the on what's the... going on in in Bloomington on that day. It's a Sunday. Are we waiting for you know the the CBS slot to open or something? Is that, let's see, January 23rd might be
1: playoff football. got to be playoff football. Is it playoff oh football?
0: Oh, my gosh. You know, I always forget about the NFL, so. I don't know. I but, could, you know, 12 but or no, yeah, 3.30, both,
1: both early enough to, you know, have some recovery time, show that at Indiana game, not go super well.
0: Okay, yeah. Um. Who's the guy you think that's got to become, like, Who's who's got to stand out, you know, the X factor, if you will, Um. I, my instinct is to say Devontae Jones but because we talked about him so much early on like I'm going to try to move on and think of somebody else um, which is to say I'm going to stall a little bit and I want you to immediately think of somebody who's got to step up I mean there's there's no shortage of play. you're talking about a six and 14 that's getting its butt kicked every other game uh you kind of just pick in the bag and you know, grab a player, and that's who's got to step up. But do you have anybody in mind?
1: Yeah, I'll go with Caleb Houston. Uh, and that's, you know, I think maybe an easier pick. I mean, Hunter Dickinson would have been an easier pick technically, but I think Caleb Houston, you know, with the, uh, the amount of potential uh, and hype he came in with, you know, being Michigan's best recruit, uh, there's a lot of expectations that come with that. But, you know, the reason people raved about him is his poise, his consistency, his shooting, and Michigan needs to get shooting figured out. And when Caleb Houston's hitting, you know, big-time buckets back-to-back, Michigan's obviously a better basketball team. So it's it's a lot of weight to put on a freshman, but we've seen freshmen perform. You know, Iggy Brasdakis was consistent uh, a few years back uh, in, in a role that, you know, it was very unique to him. And so I think Caleb Houston has the ability to shoot. He has the ability to get to the rim. He has the ability to defend. Uh, and so not to put too much weight on a guy who is a freshman, but hey, you know, there's one in Duns that have won national championships and plenty that haven't. And so you'd expect a guy like a Caleb Houston to to be as consistent and as poised um, as, as you figured he'd be by, you know, by recruiting when you recruited him. Um, and then if I were to give a, you know, kind of a second uh, slot to somebody, I'm going to go with Eli Brooks. Um, I don't expect Eli Brooks to ever be the big time scorer to have the 30 point game, but I think he's got to show enough flashes uh, because at times he looks like he's the only player um, who even knows what they're doing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and that's picking on a lot of guys, but, you know, Eli Brooks has been around. He's the veteran leader. He doesn't seem to have that same veteran voice, at least not vocally uh, within the media or, you know, you know, like a, you know, you look at like an Aiden Hutchinson vocal, you know, that's a very vocal Chase Winovich vocal. I don't expect Eli Brooks to, to be that you know basketball vocal can look different anyway but you know not expecting him to go off for 30 but expecting him to be consistent you know if he's cold and other guys aren't hitting shots Michigan is absolutely going to lose so I'll go with Caleb Houston first uh, then I'll throw Eli Brooks into the second uh, slot there because I think both of those guys uh, will propel Michigan forward Uh, they can make up for some of those wing minutes that Michigan lost to the NBA Uh,
0: January 29th Michigan goes to Breslin do you think Eli Brooks is gonna stand at, at center court like trying to tear up the the logo, Devin Bush style?
1: And that's what leaders do. So I hope. That's so. That's what
0: leaders do. Yeah, just like scuff the crap out of it. Like get a get a pair of beater shoes out there. You know you're never gonna worry about them again. And just like go to town on that thing. Uh,
1: I'd I be know. I'd be there for that. I would travel to that game. Hey, noon thirty game. I can make that. It's not nine p.m.
0: A noon thirty. I don't know if I've ever heard somebody say noon thirty. Heard it here first. Is this a is this a Michigan thing? Maybe <laughs> just something I wouldn't be familiar with. Could be. Uh, my guy. I'm gonna pick two actually. Uh, Musa Diabate and Brandon Duns, Brandon Johns Jr. I think those two. Somebody in there has to emerge as like a solid four option for Michigan because I think so much of the offense can play through Hunter Dickinson. And as we've talked about before, I think Michigan, the, the best offense through Hunter Dickinson is not necessarily getting him the ball on the block and letting, let him go to work and, and, you know, score. I think it's, it's getting him the ball a little farther away from the basket where he can still back you down. Like he's shown he could do that, obviously, but letting him kind of scan the court and see what's open. Michigan's a, a decent cutting team, uh, you know, especially, Eli Brooks has been really good at that. Uh, but, but Hunter Dickinson is a fantastic passer. But I think if you play the offense through him, what you need is like a really good four option. Somebody who can stretch the floor, make, make them guard the perimeter. Um, I, I don't have somebody who I think is going to emerge out of there. Like Obviously, Johns is the guy who's been doing it the longest. And he definitely, you think back to like late last season show has shown that like he can do it. It's just, you know, can he do it like every game? Um and then you got Musa Diabate who's, you know, been like super exciting at times. Uh but you're looking for probably a little better consistency from somebody like him. And I know, you know, he was out for, for a couple of games and is getting back in the lineup now. But I just I think if one of those two can step up, that changes Michigan's offense to where, you know, like e- yeah, Hunter Dickinson can shoot. But, like, let's say, you know, that's that's not there that night. And, and now uh, Brandon Johns and Musa Diabate, you know, their shot isn't there. Well, now you got three shooters on the floor. Like, that's not going to win you very many ballgames. So uh, I think, you know, whoever steps up at that fourth spot is, is going to be really critical for Michigan.
1: Yeah, you know, I, you saw Brandon Johns pop off in, in, in the game he started because uh, Musa Diabate is – absence and then this most recent game you know musa diabate had 32 minutes compared to brandon johns 13 and outside of you know three rebounds for brandon johns didn't do anything um and and i think musa diabate you know he grabbed a lot of boards he's he's going to be effective in a lot of ways you know he's got to find a way to to make at least half of his free throws uh which he did do in a loss um where there's been times where he's probably missed four or five in a row it feels but you know I think both of those guys equally, and I think that's uh, two good picks uh, because of that position they share. You know, no matter who is in, and, and whether it's for five minutes at a time or, or a longer stretch, they have to be doing their job. And when you play through Hunter Dickinson, and he may be out on the wing, he can hit the three-point shot. Yeah. If it's mid-range, he can you know pull up, back someone down, like you said, you know, pass the ball. You've got to have a guy you know when he shoots who can crash the boards. Uh, You've got to have a guy who can stretch the floor, like you said. And so I think between the two, uh, Diabate and and Brandon Johns Jr., you know, you have the right players there. I just think it's all about consistency. Uh, I don't expect Musa Diabate to be extremely consistent. I think he he came in uh, knowing that he had a lot of work to to do. Uh, Coaches knew that they had a lot of work uh, to do with him. And so maybe consistency uh, is something you won't see right away from him but you will see that kind of that star power in those flashy moments so Brandon Johns can come in like an Eli Brooks who starts and just be super consistent not turn the ball over you know essentially just do their jobs well um, you'll see this team uh, get a lot better because I think those two positions in particular you know playing on the wing uh, and then you know helping out in, you know in the post uh, and, and get boards at the four spot you know yeah, those guys probably make or break Michigan's team because I think that four spot, especially paired with Hunter Dickinson, is probably going to be the most important position moving forward.
0: Okay, last thing here, Derek. Uh, you mentioned next Tuesday, the twenty first, Michigan plays Purdue Fort Wayne. This is a home game. They have not always been Purdue Fort Wayne though. This is a recent rebrand. What was Purdue Fort Wayne before this? Um, you can give me. It's an acronym. I'll tell you that. Widely known IPFW. As an acronym, yeah. Yep. IPFW. Did it take you a second? It did, but I knew it because I actually know someone who played basketball there. So dang. IPFW, of course, be Indiana a few years ago. Yep, that was a... in Fort Wayne, I believe. Oh, what the heck? The Hoosiers? Yeah, were I, doing think was. Wayne, but... I think it was. I think it was. What in the world was that? I don't know. I don't know. That we're gonna look into that and, and report back next was it like an oral history at the time ipfw beat indiana in fort wayne and um oh you know what i i was i think maybe the celebration i don't want to speculate that something happened but i think maybe the celebration went a little overboard ah i might be thinking though of another game another small school game you're sparking something Um,
1: to my memory i i don't want to confirm that it was the no you'd hate the pfw game against indiana but yeah i will say you know talking about tarleton talking about tarleton state sorry sorry tarleton ESPN uh, doesn't
0: even call them the state they don't like oh, maybe that's just tarleton. i'm telling you the world maybe no it's you know, tarleton maybe the, state. the
1: broadcast was wrong but you know uh ipfw <gasps> or you know oh there's lenny you know chiming in per usual but you know yeah, you've yeah. got you've got plenty of of small schools that i think that you know we have some fun things planned for
0: In in the future, so. Tarleton State, man. Like, zero respect. Zero. No logo on Google. ESPN won't even give them the state. Very disrespectful.
1: And, you know, they played well enough to maybe they'll earn that respect. And who knows, maybe you'll see them in the NCAAs. (laughs) That's the hope, anyway.
0: (laughs) Tarleton State, the five-guard lineup. That'd be really really fun
1: to watch. It'd be a story.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get back to you to you next week. Uh, maybe I don't know. Talk football again. Talk keep talking basketball. Kind of depends on how the next uh, couple of games go. But either way, we'll see you again next week. So take care out there and go blue go blue.